0: Hey, this is Tolly Wilkes of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So one um, one of the habits in our house is my daughter will come down, and if I'm watching something on the television that she doesn't really vibe with too much, like she's just not interested, she doesn't get it or whatever, she's just bored, Her way to get control of the TV is to do this. She'll say, Daddy, is it okay if we put on something from the DVR that we both enjoy? I'll be like, how do you? I'm like, like, yeah. (laughs) So she'll get on and inevitably she'll uh, she'll pick a show. And um, one of the shows that we had on our television screen yesterday was uh, Dancing with the Stars. And um, so we had a couple of episodes that had backed up. It's the uh, athlete version, and um, Rashard Jennings, who's one of the, the guests on there, he graduated from Liberty, where I, where I went to my undergrad. And um, so it, it's cool for me just to be, like, keeping up with a guy that went to my school and all. But, um, but for her, like, she just loves it. She's in dance, she's a ballerina, and uh, we had to yank her out of hip-hop, because I'm just like... We're not popping and locking at nine years old, so, uh, so we, we, she's in ball- ballet, and she's doing a great job, and um, we have a, uh, a recital to go to that lasts three and a half hours over at Goucher, and for three hours and 27 of those minutes, I have to watch kids that I don't even know, and uh, so y'all pray for me over that, but, but anyhow, so Dancing with the Stars, she enjoys it. She loves it. And um, so it's fun to watch through her eyes, and she'll get up and she'll just try to mimic the moves and all. But, but the thing with, the, with Dancing with the Stars, they have professionals that are male professionals and female professionals. And one of the things you notice very quickly is that the, the ones who, um, the stars, who end up doing well uh, actually allow the professional to lead. Whether they're uh, male or female, the, the, the male stars, they get in there. It's a female lead. And, and if you go in and you just try to take control, then you're going to mess everything up. You're going to be tight, out of step. They're, you're not the pro, bro. And so there's a comma in there. You're not the pro, bro. So, so they, they will mess it all up if they just try to do it on their own. And so what you have to do is understand that I'm going to do better if I allow the professional to take the lead in the dance. I'm going to do better... If, we allow, if I allow the professional to take the lead in the dance. For you and me, that's some good biblical teaching right there. And so today what I want to do is walk you through Galatians 5, and I want you to be able to see, wow, how much better would my life be if in the different concerns that I have and in, in the different arenas of my life. I try to chop my life up like a cafeteria plate, you know. and I've got one, one helping of Jesus over here, and I've got one helping of work, and I've got one helping of relationships, and one helping of family. And, and you and I, we, and we like to chop up our lives that way. But God says, no, 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 I am the whole plate. Like, I, I need that whole plate on me. I, if, if you want a powerful, walking, working relationship with me, you put all of that on the plate of the Holy Spirit. And you allow the Holy Spirit to take the lead. You allow the Holy Spirit in your life to speak clearly about what should be happening next. And when you and I, when we jump in and we don't go to the Holy Spirit, when we don't ask the Spirit for direction, it is just like one of those stars, that Dancing with the Stars, that realizes, hey, I'm just because I'm good at football, it doesn't mean I'm going to be good at this dance. And so you and I, you and I have gifts and talents and strengths in different areas of life. I believe that about every person I ever encounter. But the reality is, is that none of us, none of us can take or replace the work of the Holy Spirit. Each one of us have to understand that life is better when I let the professional lead me in this dance. Let's grab our Bibles and go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, it says this. I'm going to read it all the way through and then we'll double back and uh, pick it apart. Galatians 5, it says this to the church at Galatia. But I say walk by the Spirit. Everybody say walk by the Spirit. Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, many people believe faith is I'm starting to preach already. Many, many people believe faith is that you just know, no, no, no gratify, no gratify, no gratify. And when you start there. Understandably, all of us get the pushback. All of us do the Heisman to that kind of thing. And we kind of say, Man, it doesn't feel good to just run around yelling at me what don't do, what, what not to do. But but the reality is the, the scriptures are saying, hey, no, no, no. Be compelled to walk with the Spirit. And as a consequence, as a result of, as the outcome of this walking with the Spirit thing, then there will not be these other sins. There, there will not be these other things that pull us the other way. We will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. You have a, a game setting up here. A lot of uh, hockey and basketball. They're in, the, they're in the, the finals, the conference finals right now. And, and, and it's, uh, this game is getting set up for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other. To keep you. Why are they opposed? To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the law, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I'll get to that list in a second, but there's some interesting partners in there. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. You see, when we look at this, we, we see this passage talking about the Holy Spirit. When we think about being led by the professional, when we realize that we're to, to walk in step with the Spirit, meaning each step that I have is what God would want for me because I'm seeking the Lord constantly. That this is pray without ceasing type stuff. This isn't go sit in a corner when you read First Thessalonians 5. This isn't go sit in the corner and pray, 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 pray. This is walking through life in a spirit of prayer, constantly saying, God, I, I've encountered this person. This is how they're they're handling me. How do I respond? Hey God, I've got this opportunity for a promotion, but it's going to cause me to move away from these person or these people. What do you want from me? Hey God, I I have an opportunity to cut corners at work. Should I do that or or not? And, and and constantly allowing the Spirit of God to lead the way in the dance. Many of us we find ourselves the only time we communicate with the Spirit of God. It is after we've already bungled the dance. It's after we got the low scores. And then we get mad and we just say, God, where where were you? Didn't you see I was trying to dance? Didn't you see that they had the cards? Like, where were you? You didn't tell me what I was supposed to do. And he says, hey, all week when the lights were off and you weren't performing and no one was watching, did you show up to rehearsals? Did you show up to practice? How about, did you practice in the small things before the big sin set in before the big fall took place before the the big loss in your life? Did you practice in the small things? Did you did you learn how to turn like I told you to turn? Did did you learn how to dip? Did you learn how to lift? Did you do the small things that add up to a great dance or did you just feel like you had it all together? and you didn't need to practice, you didn't need to work, you could just walk in the room and handle it all on your own. And there are many things in our lives to where we would look back and we would go, man, I wish I went to rehearsal. I I wish that I had gone and done the small things. I wish I'd spent time in the Word of God. I wish I had prayed. I wish I went to my um, small group Bible study where I could hear the prayers of other people over me. I I I wish that I'd showed up rehearsal. So Galatians 5 at the top, verse 16 says, just going to recap. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under The law, if you're jotting notes, write this down, living in guilt focuses on what is wrong, living in grace focuses on what is right, living in guilt focuses on what is wrong, living in grace focuses on what is right. What do I mean? Is that when you live in grace? then you are so consumed by the right things, you're so consumed by the God things, you're so consumed by love, you're so consumed by serving others, you're so consumed by caring about the least of these, that those things you want to gratify in yourself don't become the major things you focus on. It's often been said that that the one that's complaining on the boat is the one that doesn't have the, the oar. The one that's not rowing has time to complain. But the one that has the oar in her hand, the one that's trying to get the mission done, the one that's trying to move forward in life, that person is not the one that's going to be complaining to, to anybody. That person's going to be doing the work. That person's going to be focused on their oar. That person's going to be saying, am I headed in the right direction? Am I looking at the goal in front of me? But a lot of times what we do is that we go through life. And we don't look at the goals in front of us. We don't we don't look at serving others. We don't look at caring about the least of these. And so as a result, we're just so consumed with our thoughts that we start to just say, man, what do I want? And how how do I want it to happen? We live in a culture that 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 is a culture that is so self-consumed that really we're just cheered on by everybody around us. You do whatever you want to do. And what happens is, is that we think, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great mantra. It's terrible. It's horrible. Because it doesn't take into consideration everybody around you in the society that you live in, the family that you build up, the the people in your neighborhood. It doesn't take into the fact that, you know what, this is the soil that I live in. And if I'm not going to tend the soil around me, what kind of a plant will I be? If everybody's focused on the flesh, focused on self, then we don't build anything together and the Spirit of God knows that. And so that living in guilt says, well, I, I gratified the flesh again. I gratified the flesh again. Oh, man, God's so mad at me. Oh, man, look at what I did wrong this week. Oh, man, look at what I did wrong this week. And, and over and over and over, there are people that um, constantly I know I can almost tell when people are going through a tough season in their their faith walk because they just stop showing up or if I if I'm around it all, they go the other way. Because right now, they're, they're in that season where I remind them of everything that they feel guilty about. Not that I, I want that. Number one, if you know me well enough, you know that that's not my heart at all. But, but that's just the reality of it. And so what happens is that people pull away and they feel under guilt. But the reality is grace focuses on what can we do right. I want to give you some, something freeing today for all of us. If you're in this room today and you find yourself in a little bit of a rut, a little bit of a spiritual rut, guess what? God's grace is for you to focus on the next right thing, not to replay the last wrong thing. Now, you might have to go back and make amends to somebody. You might have to go back and apologize. That's fine. But tidy that up as quickly as you can. And then get on living in grace. Get on dancing in the spirit. Get on. That's not a show, but it should be. Dancing in the spirit. But but get on to the dance. And get on to enjoying this life that God put in front of you. What what do you give God if you don't enjoy tomorrow because of the brokenness from yesterday? Like you got to give God the joy of living today. You've got to give God the fact that you worship Him today. you got to give God the fact that you're listening to the Spirit today. And so inside of guilt... We walk around and we're distant from God. Inside of guilt, we think about the flesh all the time. Inside of guilt, we just think about that sin that's entangling us. But inside of grace, we say, hey, I'm getting rid of that sin that's entangling. The scripture tells me to run without, uh, without that sin that so easily entangles and, and, and actually get out and get out in grace and say, God, what do I do? Do I go left or right? What do you want me to do now, Lord? And let the Spirit of God lead you in the dance. Walking in the Spirit is choosing to walk in grace every day. Stay in step in the Spirit. Because you stay in step with him. He's the frequency that you're listening to. Verse 19. Now the work of, works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jot this down if you're writing notes today. The spirit focuses on my sin. The flesh focuses on your sin. The spirit focuses on my sin. The flesh focuses on your sin. The, the, the reality is, is that when you look at this list, What a lot of people will do is take one of the list, one part of it, and they'll focus on yours. So they'll say, see, 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 you're right there. And man, you need to be careful because, oh, you're 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 in trouble. You're in big trouble. You're you're going to hell. You're in and and they focus on one. But let's take a look at that list. The list doesn't just say, I mean, we see sexual morality and we're like, okay, cool, that's a big sin. Um, Impurity. Well, how how far do we go and what does that mean for us? Uh, Sensuality. Idolatry. Idolatry. You, you can make good things your God things. So idolatry is a dangerous one. I've met a lot of uh, parents that make their children the idol of their life. You see, good things can be good things. But when good things become God things, they become bad things. When good things become God things, they become bad things. When you put anything as your idol, when you put anything as your point of worship, when you put anything as your focus of your life other than Jesus, you are taking the supremacy of Jesus off the throne and you're replacing it with something else. Some people have an idol called money. Some people have an idol called pride. Some people have an idol called this position at work or this place that I get to, this this job, this house, this car, and we have idols all the time. We're an idol factory. We come up with new ways to replace Jesus in our life. And so when we look at idolatry, we just go, Wow, that's if, if that's true, then I'm no better than the sexually immoral, the sorcerer. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. Hold on, jealousy? Jealousy and sexual morality? Yeah. You see, it's easy to focus on your sin. It's easy for me to say, hey, in the flesh, let me find out where you're less than me. Because if I can do that, then I can feel better about myself. But all of that's in the flesh. The reality is when you look through the scripture, you start to see, hold on, there's basically none of us that are free. In the flesh, none of us get away with it. Raise your hand if you have never been jealous. Right? And so when we, when we see this, we start to see, oh, wow, what's the work of grace in all of this? The work of grace in all this is grace says, hey, the Spirit of God wants to focus on you and helping you get stronger, you get better, you get sharper, you start to follow the Lord more, you more eagerly pursue Him. The Spirit of God is at work in you and whatever it is you're dealing with. And so when we walk in every single week, a church should be filled with hypocrites because that means there are people who are still in the process of getting better. That didn't get the response I was expecting. Because you're kind of like, hold on, is he calling me a hypocrite? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Should I be okay with that or not okay with that? Well, you'd be okay with it. I don't understand how, but okay. We've got this picture, like, like I, I so don't want to be labeled anything. But yet I want to be labeled all kinds of stuff. And and we're weird. Like, we're we really weird. And the scripture looks and just says, hey, you know what? If you're a jealous person or you're an idolater or a sexual deviant. You all need the grace of Jesus. And the grace of God says that the spirit of God wants to work on you and your sin. If you live by the flesh, you will be consumed about the spirit working on their sin. And so you and I, when we're walking in the spirit, here's what happens. You start to talk to the spirit, and you're like, hey, spirit's Tali again. And he's like, Yeah, I know your name. Like I made you. So, oh, cool. Um, hey, I wanted to talk. Uh I was just kind of hoping that like, you know, um you would just tell my wife to get her act together. And and he's like, Yeah, I kind of led you guys together. Like, I knew who she was, I knew who you were. Like, what's the deal? Well, yeah, God, I just feel like everything would be better if she would just change. Really? Great. Um, here's the deal, now that we're talking to Allie, can I go ahead and tell you about the sin that you have in your life? Yeah, 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 God, but can we make an appointment? Like, I really want to get around to Christy. You see, the reason a lot of people don't go talk to the Spirit of God, the reason a lot of us don't pray that way, we already know what He's going to say. And so it's so much easier to grab a picket sign or to clench a fist or to call someone else out for their brokenness. Than it is to take time to talk to the Spirit of God. And say, God, can you lead me in this dance called life? I feel like I'm stumbling. I feel like I'm tripping. I feel like I'm not getting it right. My, my steps aren't going. My When my knees bend, they're too tight. I just don't feel free. I feel I feel tense all the time. And, and God, can you help me through this thing? And He says, yeah. But here's what I need you to do with your posture. Here's what I need to do with your elbow." Here's what I need to do with your knee. Here's where I need to take your next step. And many of us, all we want is the dance. But we don't want to be instructed how to dance. So today I want to encourage you. Get in step with the Spirit. The Spirit of God focuses on my sin. The flesh focuses on your sin. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Let me point out two things before I go too much further. What does that word say? But the fruit of the Spirit. How many is that? One. One. It's not the fruits. You don't get to go to an orchard and just say, well, I'll take some faithfulness, but I'd really rather leave that uh, self-control thing on the tree. Well, I I'll I'll take I'll take some goodness. I'll be pretty good, but. God, seriously, I have no, I am patience intolerant. So I'm just going to leave that one on the tray. And what we'll do is we'll show off the fruits that we most enjoy. I'm obviously, yeah, I walk with God. I mean, look at me. Just look look at the goodness. But it's like, yeah, about that other part of the fruit. And, 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 and so it's it's this whole package. When you get the Spirit of God, you get the whole Spirit of God. You get everything. When He seals you, He seals you with everything. And so you and I have to constantly just say, am I living in the flesh? In this moment, am I in the flesh? And boy, is it annoying. Because the more that you, you ask that question of yourself, the more you realize you're living a lot in the flesh. And you start to say, man, I don't want to live that way. I want to dance in the Spirit, but it's going to take me letting go of The flesh, the Holy Spirit gives us passion to pursue different passions. The Holy Spirit gives us passion to pursue different passions. In the flesh, you will never want to pursue things in the spirit. Remember at the beginning, they're at odds with each other. They are two different opposing forces. The spirit of God and the flesh are against each other. So as long as you're sitting and living and walking in the flesh, you will have no desire to go walk and live in the spirit. You just won't. And so you and I have to do something. We have to call on the Spirit of God and say, hey, save me from myself. You read Romans chapter 7 all the way down at the bottom and it says, you know what? What is good? I'm, like, I'm in this battle, this war that rages inside of my soul. What is good? And at the bottom it just says, hey, thanks be to Jesus Christ who saves me from this wretched body and the man that I am. You see, you have to yell from that, the flesh place that you are and you know you're there. You have to cry out to God and you have to say, God, Please, give me new passions. God, give me a passion to love people the way You do, because I don't love them. I mean, have you seen them lately? God, give give me the the ability to to sacrifice for someone else's benefit. Because in the flesh, I don't want to sacrifice anything. God, give me the ability to swallow my pride, because in the flesh, all I have is pride. So you and I, we cannot do it on our own. We need the Spirit of God to lead the dance. But I promise you, cry out to the Spirit of God. He will give you passions to pursue different passions. The fruit of the Spirit is available. You have to seek Him. So you have to put to death the flesh and you have to pick up the fruit of the Spirit. And we end this way. Verse 25 and 26. If we live by the Spirit, let us also, what? Keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. When you think of the Spirit, think more dance, less damnation. More dance, less damnation. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Don't become conceited, provoking each other or envying each other. See what I love about that? It's more dance. It's more dance. When you're trying to figure out this life and you're trying to figure out faith and you're trying to figure out what God has next for you, think more dance, less damnation. So it says, hey, you know what? I want you to keep in step with the Spirit. I want you to take some classes, I want you to pray. I want you to ask the Spirit of God to interpret the Scriptures, help you understand them. I want you to get in groups with other people who are walking this journey too that are not judgmental. They really love God and they they love you. They get to know your story and they're grace-filled and they're ready to give you the room that you need to learn as you at your pace and, and come along. And so you learn to dance. You begin to first take one step and you have some friends that say, hey, good job. Great first step. And then you make a misstep. And they don't say, oh, see, you suck at life. If you're like most people, if you're like me, I've already got a voice that's constantly in my head telling me I suck. I need some people around me encouraging me to dance. I need some people to just say, hey, it doesn't look like much and I wouldn't video it yet, but you're getting there. The beautiful thing is when you watch a show like Dancing with the Stars, you get to see this progression in eight or 12 weeks and and you get to watch these people who, are, who were really good at, at, at a, maybe a baseball, basketball. Maybe they were a great actress. But, but you, you get to watch them and they all of a sudden they, they start to get it. And I think in Christianity a lot of us believe that either you're, you've got it or you don't. And you know what that is? That's damnation. That's living in condemnation of people. We have to give people room to stumble. And we have to not laugh. We have to give people room to trip over their own feet once in a while because they're trying to dance. At least they're trying. We have to be people that are that are free and open that as long as you're pursuing Jesus, I'm going to pursue Him with you. And you're not going to do it the way that I do and I'm not going to do it the way you do. But at the end of the day, you're going to do it the way that God designed you to do it. So just go dance. But listen at the last part of that verse, verse 26, let us not become conceited. Look what it says. Provoking one another, Envying one another. Do you see the picture? Don't become conceited. As you're going through this, as you're dancing, either be conceited in the flesh or be conceited when you're walking in the Spirit. Either way, don't be conceited. And look what it says what conceited means. Conceited means don't you provoke. Don't look down your nose. Don't, don't you try to pull out the worst in people. Don't you say I'm better than you. Don't provoke. But it also says conceited is what? Envying. We wouldn't think of that, would we? This idea of being conceited, being full of myself, and and I'm envying someone else's life. I'm envying someone else's walk with God. I'm envying someone else's way about going things. And, and, And you know what? It's conceit. Because I'm being full of myself. I'm looking and saying, God, I deserve. I wish I had the life that they have. I'm not happy with the life that you have me in. I'm not happy with the stage and the place. I'm not happy with the people. I'm not happy with everything around me. I'm not happy, God. I'm envious. And the whole time, you would never think that envy and conceit go together. But they do. Because when you're envious of someone else's existence, do you know what that says to the God that made you? You are not enough. And I am not enough. And I'm not happy with the person that you designed me to be. And for that, God says, that's conceit. You're too full of yourself. Let go and let's dance. Enjoy the, the, the motions. Enjoy the left and the right. Enjoy the, the, the spins. Enjoy every part of this thing called life and just dance with the Spirit of God. Don't provoke others and look down your nose. But also don't be trying to be somebody else. Be yourself. Dance with the Spirit of God. I pray today for you and for me that as we go this week, we would go and say, God, I want to tune into the frequency of the Spirit. I I, I want to be able to hear the voice of God. I I want to be able to, to move left when He tells me to move left and move right when He tells me to move right. And I want Him to take the lead I, I want the Spirit of God to, to tell me, uh, do I go this way or that way? Do I dip? Do I move faster? Do I spin? Do I twirl? Do I jump? Do I catch? Do I lift? What do, What is it that you want me to do? Because after all, as I thought this week with my daughter watching the show, it doesn't matter if you're a big, strong linebacker football player. They have uh, on this season, they have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, over seven foot tall, and i think just for the show they paired him up with a 5 foot 4 little young lady but you know who has to lead for that to be successful the 5 foot 4 young lady big old kareem hall of famer needs to humble himself he needs to let someone else lead i promise You will win more in your life if you let the Spirit of God lead you. Let go of your pride. Let go of your flesh. God made you. He loves you more than you ever know. He cares about you. I don't know what you did Friday. I don't know what you did last night. I don't know how hard it was for you to get here this morning. But what I know is the God that made you, the God that sustains you, the God that gives you breath in your lungs at this very moment loves you relentlessly. And all He wants to do is help you dance. He wants you to help. He wants to for you to enjoy your trips around the sun and then ultimately one day see him face to face where there's no need for a sun